in a prayer meeting, several of us were, were praying a month or two ago, and actually Susanna had the sense of this, this idea of upheaval and prayed about that. And when she prayed that, I, I had a sense, and I think this is a, a theme for our church. I think God is really wanting to speak to us about shaking things up and how to live through some of the upheaval of life and even seeing that he's in the midst and he's doing something good in the midst of what can just feel unsettling in a lot of ways. I, I know in our family, there's, it seems like there's always a lot of upheaval going on. We've got five kids, and we've got three of them back for Christmas from college, and so that's like upheaval in our whole, our whole equilibrium status quo there. It's, it's mostly good, but, you know, there's, there's, it's, it's a full house. And then we've got two new puppies for Christmas, so that's, you know, that's really exciting, two really cute puppies. But that's a whole other level of upheaval. We've got, you know, messes in the kitchen where they're staying, and um, a couple little injuries we've been dealing with, and all sorts of just upheaval going on, but it's, but it's good stuff. Um, there's a uh, kind of a, it's interesting, I think it was, someone asked me in the lobby, I think it was Eddie, he, he said, what, now what, what's the definition of upheaval? I said, well, it's funny you ask because we're actually going to look at that this morning. Upheaval is extreme agitation or disorder or radical change. Extreme agitation or disorder or radical change. And again, that's, Part of life, and part of we're gonna we're gonna be looking over the next few weeks how God isn't just a God of of the status quo. He's not a God of the status quo. He's always a God of new things. He's always taking us from where we are to something new, and that's a good thing. But we tend to feel we view change as as a threat and something scary. And so, when God is wanting to bring us into something different, something better, it can feel very unsettling, and there's a lot of upheaval going on. Um, I, there's, there's a, I like the, the graphic here, if you can kind of see in the bottom, it's like a bulldozer doing some earth moving. And that's a picture of upheaval. That's like that, that dirt, that construction site is radically changing. And it probably doesn't feel very good to be that dirt right now. But... It's because something good is being built. And that's really, really what God, is, what God is doing. Another word that's really been like the word of the decade, and I saw, I, just, I, get, uh, I, I see this word all the time, it's the word disruption. And it's, it's been just a very like, big word in our culture. Um, I got two emails this week. Uh, one was like the biggest disruptive trends of the last four years. Five disruptive leader trends that will rule 2020. The Wall Street Journal had a big section at the end of, 2019 going into 2020, with this, this whole section of the paper called A Decade of Disruption. And it talked about everything from financial disruption to um, the election of Trump as president, which was kind of like throwing a Molotov cocktail to the establishment and just saying, let's blow it all up and see what happens here, to the acceptance of same-sex marriage, changing family norms. There's just thing after thing after thing in our culture. Now, 10 years ago, it's kind of crazy. We all saw smartphones as unequivocally a good thing. Most of us, that's how we felt about it. Now it's kind of like, I don't know. There's been a lot of change in how we view technology and how we realize how it's interacting with our lives. Um, But it's part of the, so disruption, upheaval, it's part of the the broken world we live in. Not all upheaval is is good. Or, you know, sometimes it's just because the world is broken. But also God is in the middle of it. 
and God is wanting to bring good through it. I heard someone say a long time, a long time ago that God likes to, if your life is like a bookshelf with all the books lined up in a nice organized fashion the way you like them, every once in a while God likes to come and just like knock the bookshelf over and just throw the books into a mess and then like reorder your life, reestablish your life the way he wants it. And that's, again, none of us wants to be that bookshelf, right? Like, that's like, sign me up for that. No, I kind of like it the way I put those books there because I want them there. But God moves things around. So today we're talking, though, about peace and disruption. Um, this is really a foundational message that we want to look at as we're looking at this whole month. This is important that we start from this place. We're going to look at a time when Jesus and his disciples face some literal upheaval in their lives. And we're going to look at how Jesus brought peace to that situation. And how we can see how Jesus brings peace to us, even in the middle of upheaval. And even through upheaval. And so, when your bookshelves get knocked over, or you're the construction site, this is really a foundational thing we need to have. If we're going to be able to navigate the upheaval well, we need to start from a place of peace and confidence that God wants to give us. So let's look at, we're going to look at the story in Matthew 4, verse 35 through 41. Jesus had been teaching all day. He'd been, um, if you read the surrounding passage, and this is in three of the Gospels, he'd, he'd been healing people, he'd been preaching, he'd just, the, the famous message of the sower and the seed, he had just talked about that. He, he was actually preaching from a boat, so the crowd, there was a big crowd, and he got into a boat at the edge of the water, and that was kind of like his stage, where he was elevated, he could see people, they could hear him. And so we pick up here, at the end of the day, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. So spoiler alert, before we read on, there's going to be some upheaval, there's actually going to be a storm that comes to Jesus and the disciples in their boat. And, but it's important to see that sometimes we think when we hit upheaval, we think, oh man, it's because, maybe it's because I disobeyed God, or I'm not in a good place in my relationship with God, or maybe it's because God's punishing me, or maybe I'm not in God's will for my life, and so there's, there's upheaval. But a lot of upheaval comes because you're in a boat with Jesus, And he said, hey, let's go over to the other side. And you're going on the way to the other side of where he's calling you. And on the way over to the other side, that's where a storm hits. Sometimes even, you know, it'd be be more secure to be on solid ground when when a storm hits, right? Than in a boat. Sometimes, but that's not where Jesus and the disciples were. They were in this boat, in this, this choppy water, in this intense storm. It was tougher for them to be facing that storm because they were walking with Jesus or following Jesus than if they weren't. And I, Rick Warren says that um, opportunity plus opposition equals the will of God. Opportunity plus opposition equals the will of God. How do you know if you're in the will of God? Well, if there's no opposition, you're probably not. But there's always an opportunity, and then there's some upheaval. There's some opposition. 
that you run across on your way. Um, so that's so they, they get in the boat. Verse 36, leaving the crowd behind him, they took him along just he, as he was in the boat. Now that's a very, I don't know I, what that's all saying. It's very interesting. They took Jesus along just as he was. So it's probably referencing he was already in the boat and they just like said, all right, let's go. Or, you know, he was probably, maybe it references him being tired from, from a long day of ministry. <clears throat> but they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall, that's a very intense storm, came up and the waves broke over the boat so that, so that it was nearly swamped. Okay, so this intense storm hits the boat. Have any of you ever been on a boat where it was a little too choppy? Where you felt a little seasick? I, I had a distinct memory when I was a kid. We were on, my family was on a boat, like, like a four-hour trip to this island across the ocean. And it wasn't even a storm, but the water was, was pretty rough. And person after person started to feel seasick. And that was a horrible experience. If, I don't know if you've seen it, but if one person loses their lunch, and then it's a chain, chain reaction. You're just like, and there's nowhere to go. And it was, it was horrible. Um, I remember going out on the edge of the boat, this little ship with my dad, just sitting there, just like trying to keep things together and trying to not look at all the people that are just losing it all over the place. There is, this is an intense situation. It's not, it's not fun being on a boat in the middle of a storm. And even these, a lot of these guys, a lot of these disciples were fishermen. But even for them, this was something that made them very, very unsettled, very, very uncomfortable, and very scared for their, for their very lives. Um, yeah, so this was, this, was, this was crazy. But the important thing that, the most important thing in the situation that makes all the difference is that they're in the middle of the storm. They're in the middle of upheaval. But Jesus is with them in the boat. And that's the first thing we've got we to know to experience peace and upheaval, is that Jesus is with us in the upheaval. He doesn't just send us into it on our own. But whatever we're facing, whatever questions that are bigger than we know the answer for, or have the resources to handle, Jesus is there in the boat with us if we have a relationship with him. And that's one of the promises in Deuteronomy 31.6 where God's, uh, Moses is speaking to the people. And he says, Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. God will never leave you or forsake you. So he's not like opting out because it's too intense or the storm's too rough. He is, he is there right in the, in the storm with us and the upheaval with us. So, um, going on, in verse 38, we get more details about how Jesus was with them. We read, Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher? I don't think they said it like that. They woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? They were freaking out. But Jesus wasn't freaking out. In fact, Jesus was very much at peace 
in the middle of a storm. And that's the, the second point. And if you're looking in your bulletin, I flip those around. So it's Jesus is with us in this in upheaval, and Jesus is at peace with upheaval. Man, he is completely at peace. He's dead to the world it's in this story. Now, he's asleep on the boat. He's so at peace. So everybody else is, is paranoid or, or very, very scared. But Jesus is not losing any sleep at all. He's totally at peace. And that's important for us to know, is that whatever we're facing, Jesus is at peace with it. He's not overwhelmed by it. He's not scared by it. He's, he, he's got it under control. But, in fact, sometimes he's so at peace that it feels like, it might, it's, it might feel like he doesn't even care. Right? And that's what the disciples are saying. Like, okay, why are you asleep? Don't you care about us? And sometimes in the stuff that we're facing, it's like that. It's going to be like, okay, Jesus, like, it doesn't seem like you're very actively engaged with me right now. I'm not getting any answers right now. I'm, not, I'm feeling very, very unsettled, and you, this, is, this is not changing. And sometimes that Jesus, that's part of his plan. That's part of the way his, he's working with us. Is he's got us in a place to do something in our life, to reveal something about himself to us, to walk us through it. And he is completely at peace. And he's, he wants us to experience that. Um, but he's doing something in this process. So he's with us. He's at peace. And then the disciples freak out. Teacher, don't you care if we drown? And verse 39 says, He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Jesus often said that to the disciples. That was like, he just kept coming back, Why are you afraid? Where's your faith? Have you no faith? Why is your faith so little? Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other. They were terrified, or the, uh, literally is the Greek word phobia. Like they were terrified. It's, and, and Luke, it says they were terrified and in awe because of what had happened. They were terrified and in awe. They asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Jesus is not only with us in upheaval and at peace with upheaval, but he has authority over the upheaval. And whatever we're going through, you know, sometimes the upheaval is, is just straight up from him. I, I, don't, I'm, I don't know how this works, but sometimes God, like he orchestrates things to bring the storm, to bring the shaking, because that's, and then we're going to be looking at that over the next few weeks. In Hebrews it says that God shakes what can be shaken so that what can't be shaken will remain. Like he's shaking off the stuff in our life that really is untrustworthy. And stuff in our character, our attitudes, our beliefs, that really needs to be shaken off. Like God brings storms. He brings up people to shake that off. So that's something that, that which remains, that, that which is really the value and we can build our life on, that will remain. And so, sometimes he sends the upheaval, um, because he's, he's using it to bring us into a better place. Sometimes the upheaval is just from the enemy. Not all upheaval is, is from God. Some of it is just the enemy. And Jesus has authority over that. 
And he gives us authority over that, to speak to it and rebuke it and command it to leave. And he, he's, but he's, he's at, he has authority over it. And sometimes the upheaval is, is just from our own choices. You know, we go through a lot of upheaval. It's just because we do stupid stuff. And then we live out the consequences of that. But even in those situations, God is working redemptively to reveal himself to us and to, to do what he wants to do in our life. So the upheaval we're going through doesn't have to be the final say. Um, but it can bring us more fully into what God is doing in our life if we trust in him and align ourselves with him. So I, I know a lot of us could share stories in our own life about how, I mean, the biggest storms we've been in, like God has used those to bring such good in our life. And so we're going to take a little, take a few minutes here and just at your tables, um, take a minute and just share with one another where does this intersect with your life? Is there anything God's speaking to you from this story and from these truths? What is he saying to you about upheaval? In particular, you know, about how Jesus is um, with us in the upheaval. He's at peace with it, and he has authority over it. So let's just take, we'll take, a, uh, we'll take like three, four minutes, or let's take about five minutes, and just... Um, Whatever applies to you, whatever, and also if you have any questions, take a minute and share this. If there's a, a situation in your life where you're like, man, I'm going through this right now, and I could really use God's peace in this situation, you could just share that at your table and maybe pray for one another um, right now, too. So, all right, let's take five minutes and see where it applies. All right. Good stuff. Give you just like 30 seconds to wrap up those conversations. Good stuff. I trust, I was, it was really cool at our table just hearing the application and how we're living this, in the middle of this already and the things God's teaching us in the middle of it. We're going we're gonna to move now into a time of communion together, of celebrating the Lord's Supper, the Lord's lunch or brunch, I'm not sure as it is this today, but we're going to be... Um, remembering Jesus and his sacrifice on our behalf, and really that that's what brings us into a place of peace. That's what gives us the bearings that we need in the middle of the upheaval. And trusting that even as we do this, that God's going to be bringing his grace into our lives in a, in a meaningful way, and in the very ways that we need it. I want to read from second, in 1 Corinthians 2. Paul's writing, he says, When I came to you, I did not come with eloquence, or human wisdom, as I proclaim to you the testimony about God. And that's really, when we're facing upheaval, it's just knowing it's about, if we can remember to have our focus be about God, that's 95% of the battle right there. It's about Him, not about us. 
not about our resources or what we're going to do, but how can we trust in Him? For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Now this is where our peace comes from. Because of Jesus, because of His death on the cross, He has defeated our enemies. He has defeated evil. He's paid the price for our sin. He has reconciled us to God. When we turn from our sins and place our trust in Him, then we have peace with God because of Jesus Christ and His crucifixion. That is, that is where, our, where our moorings come from. That's where we can, we can find, be grounded. Um, it's because nothing but Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I came to you in weakness, with great fear and trembling. Now it's good that weakness and fear and trembling doesn't disqualify us from being experiencing God and experiencing what he has for us. In fact, it may qualify for us. It may put us in the right place to receive what we need from him. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. So really, um, you know, it's, it's okay if we're weak, afraid, trembling, because it's, what, it's Jesus and his death and resurrection that our confidence is in. Uh, In verse, um, let's let's read a little bit more here. Verse 6, We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had... They would not have crucified the Lord of glory. And I love that. So saying that what Jesus was doing at the cross in his crucifixion was defeating sin and evil and injustice and brokenness so much that if the, the, if the evil powers of the world had known what Jesus was doing, there was, they obviously would not have crucified him. But what looked like a win for evil was the greatest win for good. And that's how God works in our life. That the times of upheaval, the times of things looking the most hopeless, the most like not having answers, if the enemy knew what God was doing through that situation, he would just back off. He, whatever he's responsible for in the upheaval, he wouldn't do it because God, through the cross, is bringing something so much greater. And that's, that's not just true in theory, but that's true in our lives. Right? That's actually true in the toughest stuff that you and I are facing. However, as it's written, this is what God was doing, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. Now that's what God is doing. That's what he has done through the cross and his resurrection, that is what he is doing as we trust in him. So if you would, at some of your tables, go ahead and um, pour the, the juice into the cups. And we are going to receive, partake of bread and the cup together. And as we do this, let's really be, in our own hearts, drawing near to Jesus and placing our trust in him. 
and saying, God, give me what I need in the place that I'm at in my life right now. I'm trusting to do that. Let's, let's, let's pray together. Lord, we thank you that you're with us right now. Thank you that you are powerful and have all authority. Thank you that you're at peace and you're bringing your peace to us. And Lord, we thank you for the way that your cross is what's brought that into the world and into our lives. Well, right now, as we partake of the, the, the bread and the cup, we remember your body that was broken for us. We remember your blood that was spilled for the forgiveness of sins to pay the price of what we owed. Well, we receive your grace in our lives today in a, in a fresh way. And we worship you. We thank you that you are our peace. You are the peace of the world, and you are our peace. Lord, we thank you for that. We receive this now. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's take the bread and the cup together and receive by faith what God's doing in our lives. And then in a minute, the worship team is going to come back up, and we're going to worship God with one more song.